Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and my brand new book, Gut Feelings, is for pre-order right now. You can learn all about our clinical work, the telehealth center, becoming a patient, the books, podcasts, there's tons of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, we're giving away free signed books if reading's your thing, <laughs> not just listening to podcasts. So every month, no matter when you listen to this episode, every month my team and I will be randomly picking winners, reaching out to you personally. I'll sign a book to you and send it out to you wherever you're at in the world. So all you have to do is rate and review The Art of Being Well in Apple Podcasts. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. And every month we'll be picking winners. You can do it two different ways. You can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you can message me on Instagram with the screenshot of your Apple Podcast review. And then every month, my team and I will be going, the mes going through the messages on Instagram, as well as the Apple Podcast reviews and picking winners. I'll reach out to you, ask which book you want to have signed, either Ketotarian, The Inflammation Spectrum, Intuitive Fasting, Got Feelings When It's Out, all the books, and you can pick one and I'll send it out to you. So good luck. You know, at the end of every regular episode, I answer one of your burning health questions and ask me anything. So I'll talk to one of my friends in wellness, and then I answer one of your health questions. That's one format of the podcast. And then interspersed throughout the months, we have entire episodes devoted to your health questions. They're the Ask Me Anything episodes, where I have people, my team members, my family in many ways, my work family, my clinic family, digging deep and answering your health questions and Ask Me Anything episodes. And then we get so many questions asking, what's a clinical perspective 
on certain things, whether it's brain fog or digestive issues or an autoimmune problem or some something that we see clinically. And they want us to really get granular and go into a deep dive in how we help people at the Functional Medicine Telehealth Center. So that's where these episodes, the one you're listening to right now, came to be. So it's our mental health is physical health episodes. And you can go back and listen to previous ones if you want. It's part of a series that we have. And it's really at the heart of what we do with patients. It's really educating them and empowering them with the fact that mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is in fact physical health. Our brain is a part of our body. And Honestly, when we started this series, it's born out of our clinical work and people that listen to the podcast asking about these things. But I didn't make the connection until recently that that's actually the title and the topic of my next book, Gut Feelings. So Gut Feelings is talking about gut and feelings, the physiological, physical, and psychological, the mental, emotional, spiritual, and how we have this bi-directional relationship between our thoughts and emotions and stress and shame and trauma and even intergenerational trauma and how that psychological stuff impacts our physical body, impacts things like hormones and our nervous system and our gut-brain axis and inflammation levels in the body, but then conversely how underlying gut problems and hormonal imbalances and nutrient deficiencies and chronic infections, how those things impact our mood, how those th physical things that we measure on labs for patients, how do those things impact things like anxiety and depression and fatigue and brain fog and energy levels? So, that is, I'm excited about this because over the coming months of us having more of these mental health as physical health episodes, it's really going to give people an insider look into gut feelings, which is for pre-order right now. I'm really excited for you all to read it. So you can head to drwillcole.com right now. We're giving away tons of free things for everybody that pre-orders. You're going to get to be a gut feelings insider for completely free once you pre-order the book. So head on over to drwillcool.com because it really is, I would say, an extrapolation of the, these conversations that we're going to be having in these mental health is physical health episodes. So every time we have one of these episodes, I have two brilliant minds with me on one corner. I always go back to boxing in my mind. I'm like, in one corner on the right, we have the incomparable. No, the, we have- What's her boxing name? Does she have one? I oh boy. Sugar-free Leonard. Sugar-free. Sugar-free Leonard on the right. No, we have the clinic. We see- Visually, what you're not seeing right now, everybody, this is kind of a round table. We're recording this where I'm consulting patients 10 hours a day. Surrounded so, by plants. Surrounded by plants. It's very bright. The light is here. Take that for what, what it's worth. And we have someone on my clinical team representing the physical on one side and then the mental, emotional, spiritual on one side. So mental health is physical health. Get it? Gut and feelings. Physical, mental, emotional, <laughs> spiritual. So it all comes into play here. So on the physiological side, the functional, let's just say the more the functional medicine side, the lab side is Andrea, who is clinic manager of the telehealth center. She's been with me clinically for 12 years. And she's a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. She's a wealth of information. And she consults patients with me as well as other people on the patient team that you know from 
the Ask Me Anything episodes like Emily and Megan. Yes. And it's 12 years, 11 months. Thank you very much. And almost 13 <laughs> But who's years. counting? Sugar-free who, who knows? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And that's something I have absolutely enjoyed listening to the podcast with the patients talking because I get to talk to them every day. And I love that you get to get glimpses of people's journeys. And while you're getting, you know, maybe a five to 10 minute clip, the truth is these people have been on these journeys for, in some cases, years, but they've overcome and they've come a really far away. And I I love that we get, you get to hear the clinical aspect of what we're thinking behind their cases. And then you get to hear the fruit of that. Exactly. And to thank you for bringing that up at the end of this episode, at the end of every mental health is physical health episode, there's a special intimate conversation that I'm having with one of our patients, new and old, meaning like patients that are in care currently and patients that I haven't been in active care for years. So definitely stay tuned through the entire conversation to check out that really special conversation from their perspective, not just from our clinical perspective too. So Andrea on the gut side, Yes. And then on the feeling side, we have the incomparable. We need a we yeah, need a boxer my, name for you. What's my boxer name? We have uh, good feelings. <laughs> we, this is a we have the re- we have the regulated Rosie on the left corner. Her nervous system so regulated. She's gonna regulate you. I just picture you in all red it. with giant hearts. <laughs> Oh I just, I am appreciative of my 1940s newsy <laughs> accent. Well, listen. Which is, they need to bring that back in the media. Why don't they do that? You've always had it. So quick, like rabbit hole, rabbit trail, side memory. Do you remember? So I've known Dr. Cole for a very long time. Do you yeah. remember as children, as kids on the playground, we would play newscaster do you remember? Yes. And we would pretend that we were <laughs> yes. like broadcasting the school news. Yes. Well, my hero growing up was Hugh Downs. That's how cool I was. No one even knows who that is, but he was with Barbara Walters in yes. New Downs 2020. That's how weird I was. But now I get to talk about health. It's all come full circle. Now we're doing yeah, a podcast. When I listen to the pods and you're interviewing, I'm like, I know where those skills were. <laughs> you know, that's right. <laughs> that's why I love writing. I love speaking about this stuff and it's an important part. But yeah, I do remember that. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. But so Candace's skill, she is a life coach. I don't want to speak for you. Can you explain what you do? Yeah. She's the the heart and soul of, we call her our telehealth doula because she's dealing with the sort of the body and the soul connection in with our patients. Yeah. With my rosy regulated nervous system. <laughs> yeah. Rosie yeah. the regulated. That's right. It's even better. Yeah. Okay. My main role, yeah. um, I am an emotional health and wellness coach, but at the clinic, I'm able to offer support to our team in a number of ways. That's why I'm called the doula. I'm the patient care doula, whatever people need doula. And a part of that is because I think I've done the, the deep work of regulating. So I bring a sense of chill, sense of calm. Yes, you do. So we have gut and feelings here, my friends. We're going to get in today's case deep dive. Today, we're going to talk about an aspect of care that we see on a daily basis is some sort of viral component. So everybody out there, when you hear the word viruses, when it comes to chronic health problems. We're not talking about acute viral infections. We're not talking about that. We're talking about chronic viral infections that are reactivated in some people. So we have to really talk about that genetic epigenetic miss, the epigenetic genetic, let's not say mismatch, but the factors of epigenetics and genetics, meaning everybody's system's going to be slightly different as far as their tolerance for chronic infections. 
our patients in many ways are kind of like canary in the coal mines, aren't they, for their fr- friends and family? Like they, for mold, for example, yeah. there's mold in all of their, when there is mold in the home, we test mold in their whole family and there's the same mold in all of the family, but it's really creating an inflammatory response in them, but their spouse or partner kids are fine at this point, but it's not healthy to have in their system. So by them being that canary in the coal mine and being that siren of like, what's, something's not right here, mm-hmm. they can get their entire family healthy. And actually in today's conversation at the end, stay tuned because that actually comes up in my conversation with one of our patients. If you don't have a functional medicine doctor, many people ask me this on social media. They'll say, hey, I'm not a patient of yours, but are there any direct-to-consumer labs that, that you would recommend? And Inside Tracker always is at, the, is at the top of my list because they provide you actionable data for you to learn about your own bio-individuality. So you can take action on your health and improve your labs. I love people to have agency over their health because people age at all different speeds And the date on your license honestly may not represent your inner biological age at all. So if you want to see how you're aging from the inside out and slow down accelerated aging, increase your health span and longevity, you have to check this out. Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce stress, improve your sleep, and optimize your health and longevity for years to come. Created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, your DNA, and your fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise for your body, the right nutrition and foods to focus on for your body, and what supplements are right for your body based on your labs. I would recommend adding what they call Inner Age 2.0. Add this to any plan so you can actually get a definitive calculation of your true biological age. You can actually see how you're aging from the inside out. You're going to be shocked by the results. And based on the data, you can actually see these numbers improve based on their recommendations. For a limited time, get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well. That's insidetracker.com forward slash art of being well to get that 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Have you heard about Higher Dose yet? Man, I've loved Higher Dose for a long time and I implement Higher Dose products into patients' protocols. My patients love Higher Dose. Higher Dose is a -a one-of-a-kind at-home spa experience at the intersection of wellness, health, and beauty. Higher Dose's line of infrared devices harnesses the most cutting-edge healing technologies available. From infrared's healing heat to PEMF's grounding technology, to red lights rejuvenating rays. Their best-selling portable infrared sauna blanket makes it easy to get hot and high from anywhere. You just lay down inside the blanket, turn out the heat, and sweat it out. Infrared therapy supports glowing skin, deeper sleep, and a balanced mood. And as your core temperature heats up, your brain releases a dose of happy chemicals, leaving you feel euphoric after your sweat session. The blanket's deeply penetrating heat instantly boosts blood flow, flooding your body with enviable benefits like radiant and youthful skin, higher energy levels, boosted mood, and decreased bloating. For those of you who want to experience the benefits of infrared without the sweat, they also have a really cool line 
of infrared PEMF mats that recharge your cells to help you feel relaxed, grounded, and rejuvenated. This game-changing mat combines a powerful technology of heated infrared with PEMF, plus 20 pounds of healing crystals like amethyst and tourmaline for a relaxing, restorative experience that you feel within just minutes. I keep the PEMF mat at my clinic when I'm consulting patients. I have their their smaller one at the office. I have the bigger one at home. And I use their sauna blanket at home as well. Again, I use these in patient protocols as well. And it's really amazing to see not just the benefits for myself, but patients implement higher dose products into their life. Get your own infrared sauna blanket or infrared PMF mat or their red light face mask. You have to check that out at higherdose.com today and use my exclusive promo code COLD15 at checkout to save 15% off site-wide. That's higherdose.com exclusive promo code COLD15. That's C-O-L-E-1-5. Or just go to higherdose.com slash coal. So, Viruses are, some people are more sensitive to viruses than others. And the virus that I want to talk about specifically is Epstein-Barr virus. I bring this up only because there's a lot of, and has been over the past few years, a buzz about Epstein-Barr virus. It's nothing new in the functional medicine world. It's something that we've seen and quantified quantified on labs, chronic infections like viral infections for years, decades. But it's been popularized, I would say, mainly because Anthony... Williams, a medical medium, who mutual friend, like Alejandro Younger, who's been on the podcast. He's like a friend, colleague, mentor, big brother to me. He wrote the foreword of Anthony's book. I don't know much about medical medium. I know enough about that. He's getting people to eat whole foods. I think it's a good thing. I'm coming from more of a clinical scientific mm-hmm. side. So to, to say, you know, if spirit says one thing or another, I think he helps a lot of people. And I think that's the main thing. I don't agree with everything he says as far as recommendations, but I think more good than anything not good. So with that said, I think that's part of the reason why I wanted to highlight this because a lot of people have questions about Epstein-Barr virus and they want to know what's the deal with it? Is it the cause of everybody's woes or is it completely bogus? And I think the truth is oftentimes somewhere in the middle. And we have to strike a balance with these things and it's not all or nothing. And I think one side it says it's everything and the other person says it's nothing at all. Don't don't pay attention to it. I think we should pay attention to it. We should look at where the research lies, but it's not the end all be all to everybody's woes. So I'm going to give you a more contextual evidence-based perspective on Epstein-Barr virus and how it may be a component for some people's health problems. So to define this, first of all, Epstein-Barr virus is part of the herpes family. Herpes comes from the Greek word herpene. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it the actual Greek way, but it's it comes from the word to creep. So they're kind of opportunistic viruses. I think it's estimated that 95% of the population has had exposure to Epstein-Barr virus and other herpes viruses. So it's important, I'm taking you through a clinical journey here, it's important to differentiate between antibodies to a virus and a reactivated active viral infection. And that's something that we can distinguish on a lab. And just because you have antibodies to a virus, and many people that are listening to the podcast that have asked for these labs or have seen these on labs, and they think, I have Epstein-Barr virus. Just because you have antibodies that you want your immune system to create antibodies to viruses. That's not necessarily a bad thing. So you have to look at the context of a full panel and then look at what the immune system's doing, Mm -hmm. right? We know Epstein-Barr virus can cause mononucleosis or mono, but 
not, not everybody that has had exposure to EBV has had mono in the past. It can manifest in different ways for different people. And everybody's experience with this is going to be different. But with our patient base who tend to be more sensitive to these chronic infections and have other factors that can be a combination confluence of why we're having seeing a reactivation, they tend to have bigger symptoms. So other members within the herpes family are, is varicella zoster, the human herpes virus 3, cytomegalovirus or CMV, human herpes 6 virus. It's the same virus families that causes cold sores, STD as well, chicken pox, shingles. These are all within the herpes family. It's the most famous viral family, if you will. But we know there are studies that show one specific study a few years ago looked at the ability of EBV to actually hide in the thyroid specifically and can reactivate and stimulate the immune system to attack the thyroid. So there is definitely research to show it can be a component to triggering autoimmune issues, not just autoimmune thyroid issues, but other problems as well. It is 100% associated in the scientific literature to chronic fatigue syndrome. So if anybody's dealing with CFS, chronic fatigue syndrome, that's something else to consider. Depression and anxiety are massive disabilities. This whole episode, we're really exploring mental health as physical healthful. The thyroid is going to impact your mood for sure. Other autoimmune issues are going to impact your mood, but obviously looking at depression and anxiety specifically, multiple studies, including one in 2014 found an association between anxiety and depression with other herpes virus. This one was specifically cytomegalovirus, which is in the same family. Other studies looked at specifically EBV with forms of anxiety, such as panic attacks, attachment disorders, which I find fascinating. And this is obviously also implicated with chronic Lyme disease. People that have tick-borne problems tend to have reactivation of viruses, just like people with mold toxicity tend to have a reactivation of viruses. I mentioned chronic fatigue syndrome, people that have extreme exhaustion, more than 1 million Americans have C CFS. It's implicated in that as well. And then as I mentioned with autoimmune thyroid issues, it's not just that. There's studies to show that it's EBV is linked to triggering lupus, inflammatory bowel disorders like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, MS, Guillain-Barre syndrome, Alzheimer's disease, which has been shown to have an autoimmune component to it. It's not classified as an autoimmune disease at this point at least, but it, there's evidence to show it can have an autoimmune component. So the point of saying is we talk about mood, Epstein-Barr virus is implicated in the scientific literature with a lot of different things that impact our energy levels and our immune system, which impacts our brain. Mm -hmm. Andrea, on the gut side, what are your thoughts? Well, I think when you're thinking immunologically, what does this mean? What, do, what does a virus do? And you talked about it being stored in the thyroid. We also know that it can happen in the liver. So you have to think about from a detox standpoint. And what does that mean for your immune system as a whole? And viruses, like you'd mentioned, are opportunistic. They love a weakened immune system. So how did the what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did the virus weaken the immune system or was it a weakened immune system that reactivated the virus? Mm -hmm. Like you had mentioned, you can have people who carry this, you know, like you said, estimated 90% or more of the population is just walking around with some variation of these viral issues. And when you're thinking about that, you have to think about that gut brain axis, gut immune stress, all those different components of it. And for me in particular, one, you have to tear out and find all the other factors and that are going to contribute to a person's case. But in particular with viruses, 
chicken or egg, doesn't really matter. You still have to figure out what's driving that. You mentioned a lot of fatigue, a lot of brain fog, anxiety. Well, here's the caveat. Stress can trigger that again. So you have to really work on supporting the body's response to these stressors. And for us, that since roughly 80% of your immune system resides in your gut, helping support your immune system to be able to combat these type of stressors mm-hmm. is a really good thing. I would say that focusing on gut health really allows us to enable the body to be more well-equipped to handle mm-hmm. this. It improves the resilience of the yeah. immune system or what we call the bio terrain, which is like that can your immune system, can your body live in harmony with this virus exactly. and put it in remission? Exactly. So it's not, your goal isn't to eradicate those antibodies on a test. Your goal is not to make the test come back with no EBV viral markers. The goal is, is to get your immune system to the point where it's no longer in an active state and your body can combat any sort of stress that accompanies that. We can do that through food. We can do that through supplementation. Specifically to viruses, I like to incorporate things that are super easy and can help support the immune. So what would you say first? First, you would say we would want them to get labs, correct? Yes, 100%. Because you have to tear everything out. If you're walking around with a population of 90% or more that has Mm -hmm. viruses in their system, you're not going to be like, okay, everybody needs treated for viruses. You're going to want to figure out where are they on that spectrum? Where are they in the reactivation of that? What does that mean for them? You'd mentioned mold toxicity. There's that hierarchy of not that viruses aren't important, not that bacteria isn't important, but is there something that's triggering that the body's mm-hmm. response and continuously reactivating that? Yeah. So, so looking at the larger context of if there is a perpetual, and I, we see this all the time, people yeah. that have quote unquote treated their Epstein-Barr virus, unquote, for years, but it still says reactivated. <laughs> well, why is this staying reactivated? I know on a physiological, we'll get to the psychological in a moment, on a physiological level, other underlying gut problems, environmental toxins, mm-hmm. glyphosate, mold toxins can perpetuate the reactivation of the virus. So what Andreas is saying is put that in context. Yes. And the virus may have to be addressed and we're going to give you action steps to deal with the virus itself, but context matters with these. Absolutely. Because if you go in, you know, we may have a patient that comes in with four different mold toxins, two different parasites, two different types of candida. They have EBV, CMV, HHV. If you gave them a supplement or a course of action for every single one of those things, that person's going to be emotionally and physically overwhelmed. So let's tear it out. Let's figure it out. If this is really, truly what's going on, let's fix it. If there's something else contributing to it, great. Maybe we start a little bit more upstream. And that for us, so I would say labs would be definitely pinnacle in that Mm -hmm. and assessing that person's in particular case. Mm -hmm. And then really focusing on what can we do to help your body address this while you're healing. Mm -hmm. So it's not about perfection. It's about figuring out symptom support in the meantime, but also layering in and understanding it's a long-term thing as well and setting your body up for success. Yeah. I agree with that fully. One of the best things you can do to improve your health is to get at least seven hours of quality sleep every night. I know, I know. It's hard to get that much sleep. No judgment. Your mind may keep you awake at night. You can't get comfortable. You wake up early and can't fall asleep again. There are hundreds of reasons why you can't get the seven hours of quality sleep every night. But listen, it's super important because your body actually heals itself when you sleep. That's when autophagy and your nervous system really is regulated optimally through the night. 
And if you're not getting enough quality sleep, you're increasing your risk of disease and making it harder to lose weight. And also, ultimately, it's going to impact your energy levels too and things like brain fog and inflammation levels. Would you like to know an easy way to get more quality sleep every single night? Make sure you're getting enough, you guessed it, for those super fans out there of functional medicine, it's magnesium, right? Believe it or not, around 75% of people don't have enough magnesium in their body, which helps explain why so many people have sleep problems and things like brain fog and fatigue and nervous system issues and digestive problems. Magnesium is responsible for hundreds and hundreds of different pathways in the body. But unfortunately, most magnesium supplements are not full spectrum. So they won't fix your magnesium deficiency or help you sleep better. There are actually seven unique forms of magnesium and you must get all of them if you want to experience its calming, sleep-enhancing effects. That's why I love Magnesium Breakthrough by BioOptimizers. All you have to do is take two capsules of these before you go to bed, and you'll be amazed by how much better you sleep and how much better you feel. For an exclusive offer for my listeners, go to magbreakthrough.com slash Will and enter code Will to get 10% off any order. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com slash Will Enter code Will to get 10% off any order. Looking for a protein bar that actually tastes amazing? Well, look no further than Perfect Bar. With their lineup of fresh from the fridge protein bars, Perfect Bar is exactly what you've been looking for with no chalky artificial aftertaste here at all. Made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and 20 organic superfoods, Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars and little snack size bars too that are all so good and good for you. You are sure to find something that you love. My favorite is their just regular peanut butter bar. Oh my gosh. I just so you know this, by the way. I mean, most of you know if there if there's a podcast sponsor, it's because I use it in my life and I just love the brand and I've used them for years, or I recommend them to patients and put them in patient protocols, or both. And this has been a personal favorite of mine for a long time. These bars have a cookie dough texture that's creamy and full of flavor, unlike any other bars out there. And now they come in snack sizes, packed with up to six grams of protein and 150 calories. A little goes a long way with these. Because they're made with only whole food ingredients and, can't, and contain no artificial preservatives, Perfect Bar is stored in the fridge. So grab one after a workout or for a quick bite while you're out holiday shopping and feel good about what you're snacking on. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite. So for a limited time right now, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for absolutely free. Here's how it works. Sign up for emails or texts and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. Pretty cool, right? All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash Will Cole to get a free Perfect Bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash Will Cole to get a free Perfect Bar today. Happy snacking. You know, people want to know, like, what are the core supplements? You have maybe just one supplement. I can go through some things that I was thinking about too, but any specific supplements you think if someone does want to address Epstein-Barr virus, any maybe antivirals or herbs that have been shown to have antiviral activity that you would recommend? Yeah, lemon balm is really common. It's in a lot of gut support 
things as well as antiviral support. It has antiviral and antibacterial properties as well as strengthens the immune system. I'd say that's a really simple one. I think one that we often hear about a lot is licorice root. I mean, it's in multiple different things. You can get that even in teas and not just supplemental. That as well is going mm-hmm. to help with the adrenals and the kidneys yeah. and, and kidney and, is going to help with clearing. Keep, keep that in mind that for people out there, the licorice root that Andrea is talking about it's not the glee, the the DGL form of the, yes. which is used more for the gut lining, the deglycerhistinated licorice. This is stimulative, right? So people contraindicated for people that have a high blood pressure because it can increase blood pressure. But it's also, as, as Andrea mentioned, a great antiviral supportive food and yeah. tea or, or like powder that you would use as a supplement. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a whole list of things. And again, you need to tear it out. Is this the only thing we're addressing is some is viruses or are there other things you want to layer in? But I'd say those are two common ones. If you want to, it, maybe it's not necessarily directly related to an antiviral support, but even something like curcumin from an inflammation standpoint is going to be really beneficial as well. Help drive down the immune response, help calm the body mm-hmm. so that it can function at a higher level. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be antiviral in nature. It can also have properties that are going to support the immune system so it can do its job yeah. like an inflammation. Support. Like you said, improve the resilience. Some other things that come into mind as far as like if you want your Epstein-Barr virus toolbox right now on the physiological gut, you know, meaning like the physical side of it. The root herb astragalus is also has some adaptogenic qualities, but it's a traditional Chinese herb that's been shown to fight off viral infections. As, a, as Andrea mentioned, supporting your gut health. So listen back to all the other episodes on that, because that's going to improve your resilience and your immune system tolerance to things. And some other olive leaf extract can be good. Cat's claw yeah. can be a great antiviral support. Different adaptogens like ashwagandha. One study shown that the that ashwagandha increased helpful immune cells, which are beneficial for people that are dealing with immune dysregulation. So that's one to think about. Vitamin C is another one. There's a study published in the Medical Science Monitor found that higher levels of vitamin C produced lower levels of Epstein-Barr virus in people with mono specifically and chronic fatigue syndrome have these chronic reactivation of Epstein-Barr viruses. So those are some antivirals, but I would say some other larger things that are, is in the scientific literature to consider is vitamin D. I mean, no surprise there when talking about immune system, right? But one study found that vitamin D was able to bring down Epstein-Barr viral load in patients with autoimmune disease, specifically people with MS. So you want to make sure your vitamin D is somewhere between 60 and 80. Get your levels tested, dose appropriately for you. More isn't always better with that. That's a fat-soluble vitamin and too much of it's not good either. Supporting liver health, which Andrea mentioned. What are, are there some foods that you like, Andrea, to have some antiviral supportive nutrients in them? Yeah, I think when you're looking at health, supplements are obviously a piece of that, but we also look at nutrition and Candice is going to talk about the mental emotional part. I think foods are oftentimes, we think of them from just a gut health standpoint, but not always necessarily that they also help support on a viral level as well. I like things that are easy to incorporate, especially for patients and people when they're going about their everyday lives. And now I'm going to mention a polarizing one because there's a genetic thing out there that tells us that some people may not like this, but I love cilantro. It's one of the... <laughs> Does it taste like soap, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Is... I. Who told me recently they think it smells and tastes like stink bugs? And I wanted to know how they oh, knew I, what a stink I bug is. I feel tastes. like I think that. I don't know. <laughs> 
I mean, it's been a while since we've been hung around a stink bug, but I think I, I like cilantro though. Maybe I like stink bugs. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Here we are. But it's going, I mean, cilantro has so many healing properties to it. And it's super easy to incorporate. You can put it on tacos. You can put it in salads. You can put it in smoothies. You can, you know, especially if you're buying it fresh, I'll even mix it in a little bit of olive oil and put it in ice cube trays and put it in the freezer and throw that in any sort of stew or anything like that. So I, I think that cilantro is one of those easy ways to incorporate some antiviral foods. I also like parsley. I think parsley is easy. We overlook these simple green herbs that mm-hmm. are in our grocery store. They're relatively inexpensive. You can get organic for a dollar at some places in certain grocery stores. How much would I need to use if I was someone like, oh, I never think of parsley or I never think of cilantro. How much would I have to like throw on my food to get a good impact? I would say serving size is what you're looking for, which means not when people think serving size, I'm not telling you you have to eat a cup of cilantro. Is that going to help? Absolutely. (laughs) But I would say the regular use in general is going to allow you more than just one particular meal of sitting down and trying to eat a fistful of cilantro. Go for it. I love it. My salads look more like herb salads than they do look like lettuce salads. I think that's a good tip. Yeah. I think that's a great tip It's like getting, yeah, herbs and spices as bulking it up on your salad. Yeah. To taste. You don't want to have to be miserable. Like you want to be enjoying. (laughs) You want to be, yeah, right. You want to be enjoying your food, but still I would say upping the amount. Yeah. It's not, it's not a garnish. Think of it as an actual ingredient and that's Mm -hmm. how I approach it. And it's relatively an inexpensive, low level lift that can be incorporated in many meals. So I don't know. I would say on average, I'm probably using at least a quarter of a cup of these herbs per meal, given what I'm doing. And I'm doing that a couple times a week. And I think it's really reasonable for patients. And like I said, if you can't have it fresh, there's always the frozen aspect of it and you can freeze it at the peak of ripeness. And it's going to have a good benefit for you in the long term too. And it gets you diversity. It's just going to, uh, your, your gut yeah. microbiome. Yes. Yeah. And so, and then I also really love ginger. I think ginger is another way it helps in many capacities, mm-hmm. even from a gut standpoint, if we're talking about supporting the, the mm-hmm. immune system to help with viral loads, this is something that I think is vastly underused by many people, I think, because it can have a spicy flavor if you don't know what to do with it. But I think as simple as brewing some tea with it, you can use fresh sliced ginger. I will even travel with this. It's a very, I'm someone who plains just, don't do well with my stomach. And I, I know that there's that gut component. So do you take like a whole ginger and just like pull it out? <laughs> I definitely, and just I definitely have ginger sliced in a bag in my purse and I'll go to even Starbucks cause they filter their water and I'll get hot, hot water it's and genius. steep my own ginger tea while flying. So it's for me, I think that those are good, simple ways to support your immune system, microbiome diversity, and they have antiviral properties as well. Yeah. yeah. So practical and expensive too. Ginger is something that's and you get a so whole accessible. Yeah, you, get a, yeah. you get a whole root. Yeah. <laughs> Some other nutrient deficiencies to consider that are core for the immune system. Supporting methylation makes sense here, especially when you're talking about autoimmune issues, chronic fatigue syndrome, which EBV is implicated in. So looking at folate looking at peroxidine, looking at B12, definitely needed for supporting the nervous system as well as the immune system. Yeah. Uh, healthy omega-3 intake, whether from food or supplementation, is a great modulator of inflammation levels in the body and supporting cell membrane health. 
CoQ10 is something else that comes to mind as far as mitochondrial health for somebody that's dealing with brain fog and fatigue and autoimmune issues with reactivated Epstein-Barr virus. Magnesium we see low in a lot of people, and it's really anti-inflammatory for our nervous system. It's great for our brain and nerve conduction, and it's sort of a nerve modulator. And if someone's dealing with constipation because of the gut-brain axis and their yeah. vagus nerve being impacted from these reactivated viral issues that could be supportive of someone that has sluggish GI motility. Some other specific EBV tools within the toolbox. Let me just say this. Not all of these are necessary, meaning I, I'm giving you what the research shows, but more isn't always better. So I'm saying do your research see which ones are the bigger needle movers for you personally. Experimentation can be a, something to consider. And that's also what we're here for with as on a clinical level, we can curate and get you the biggest needle movers based on your labs, your case and our clinical experience too. So when I'm throwing out all of this stuff, it's just to educate you, not to say, well, I need every single thing. The Dr. Will yes. Cole says, no, that's not what I mean. Oh my gosh, no. Yeah, so we want to be targeted. So I'm, and there's a lot of things that research has been looking at. But you make me want them all. (laughs) Even when I sit here, I'm like making a list. I got to do this. I want to do that. Yeah, that's fair. L-lysine. Yeah, that's why I wanted to give that little (laughs) disclaimer here. L-lysine has a strong antiviral. It's an amino acid that's been shown to have antiviral. Selenium also can help the nervous system. Uh, It's also antiviral as well. N-acetylcysteine or um, NAC. It actually decreases the replication of viruses and supports. It's a precursor to glutathione, which you need as well. Uh, we all need. It's sort of our master antioxidant. So those are some Did things we that I didn't. Zinc. No, that's a great. Yeah, it, zinc it, would it, decrease it replication do. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we threw out enough, enough <laughs> ideas on the physical side. So in your Amazon, when you go <laughs> yeah, later, right. everyone's cart is very yeah. full. And they and have can't keep up. Elysine, zinc, selenium. <laughs> yeah. But so, these are, especially for somebody that has reactivated viral issues and other immune-mediated issues, on the physiological side, on the, i.e. gut side, the physical side, those are some things to consider. And let's go to the feeling side, the psychological. There's studies that show that emotional suppression psychological stress, a lack of sleep are all linked in the medical literature to the reactivation of Epstein-Barr virus. Like Andrea said, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Yes. So stress can reactivate the virus, which will then make you more anxious and mess, maybe mess up your thyroid or something like that would impact your mood. So it's this big, vicious cycle. So we went from the feeling, the physiological side now to the psychological side. So what are some things we can do, Candice, to break that cycle? Yeah, there's so much that you can do and it's so easy to. I think the real trick is finding what you want to do, what works for you and practicing it consistently. So I brought a few examples of some things that I think you are actually going to like, Will. Okay, let's do it. So you will need to stand up. So I'm going to kind of talk you through this. And these are practices that are specific to moving stress out of your body. So we want to just do what's easy to mitigate that stress in the moment. These are super easy. So you're going to stand up. If you can. I'm standing up with my mind. <laughs> and what with one, you're going to have to do this on one side of your body, but you're going to take your hand out in front of you and so he's got his hand, just loose fingers and just shaking. Okay. I'm shaking with you because okay. I want to show What's that dance my... that looks like that? There's like a dance. I don't dance. know. I don't know. Sugar-free Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> the, the sugar-free shake. Some so you're going to do the sugar-free shake. Some random dance. <laughs> That's literally you what know. I was thinking. Why do I know that? You don't know the jitterbug? The jitterbug? <laughs> 
<laughs> we're releasing all the stress laughing. So shake moving into your arm, like really shake. I'm feeling this too. Okay, now here's the challenge. He's holding his mic. Move down into your foot and see if you can like shake out your foot. Like and really shake. So okay. you're like rotating. Andrea is now assisting. <laughs> She's now holding my mic for me. <laughs> and then see, can you wiggle and hold your mic too in your leg? Wiggle, uh, yeah. wiggle, 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 wiggle. Yeah. Okay, now stop. Okay. Do you feel a slight shift with that just moving? Mm. Yeah, I feel like I released the tension of knowing all the research about Epstein-Barr virus. And you didn't have to know what the tension was about in your body. You didn't have to explore it any deeper at this point. You were just doing a release. You're just taking care of it. You're just taking your dose of, of parsley and not worrying about it. And I think that's what makes us so unique clinically is that when patients come to us, they don't have to carry all of this stuff on their own. Mm -hmm. We take some of that burden from them because we're looking at everything and saying, hey, we know like trauma survivors in particular feel as if they're at war with their body. Because when you have had trauma, when you have stuff that you haven't moved out, your system works against you. And I know this firsthand because mine has for years. And, you know, it takes time to chip away at some of those feelings, release them in and integrate at a pace that is comfortable to the nervous system. Because that's the other thing too. If mm -hmm. you try to push too hard, the body fights back. And I don't know if you guys have a clinical parallel or what anything that you see on this, like on that side, but it's definitely something that happens very real and very often for people so would that you, have had trauma. Would you describe this, what I just did, mm -hmm. as a somatic, yes. that'd be an example of a somatic ex exercise. That's exactly right. So you're doing a somatic practice, which is from the body. So what you're really just doing is allowing your body to express itself. Mm -hmm. And that seems silly, like you're shaking, that's an expression, but it is. You could go deeper, like, mm -hmm. If this resonated with you, Will, because I think you seem like to me a more of like a movement person, mm -hmm. like that you get your stress out physically in that way. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to go deeper, for instance, you could bring more mindfulness to it as you're doing the movement and yes. see paying attention. You know, you can't do this when you're holding a mic on a podcast, Yes, but really paying attention to is anything coming up for yeah. me? The integrating your awareness yes. during the practice. Absolutely. absolutely. Which I... The, those type of things when I'm integrating the both the mental, emotional and the physical really does help yeah. metabolize pent up feelings, right? Yes. So yeah. Yeah, because we we don't want them to stay in the body. You know, we don't we want them to be able to move out so that the body's in a regulatory state so it's ready. So it's in that state where it's able to be a, a function the immune system in particular function the way that it's meant to function. Mm -hmm. You know, and not be in hyperdrive and not be underactive either. So an, a, just another practice you could even do is um you stand up on your tiptoes and drop your heels down. Okay. And the vibration kind of goes up your legs. Yeah. You can do yeah. that. And that's another thing. You don't have to think about this if you don't want to. It's just a way to access your sensation in your body. And just that movement allows your nervous system to regulate. Mm. It's really cool. It's right? very, really cool. So the amount of research that's coming out and actually in gut feelings in the book, I go into deep dive on the research of somatic practices and how it impacts our inflammation levels mm -hmm. and our gut brain axis, the vagus nerve and how it really modulates our body in a positive way, in a more of a parasympathetic, resting, digesting way, which these people that are stuck in sympathetic hyperdrive that are dealing with these reactivated viral infections, yep. they need that. So these are the type of things that we integrate in patients' protocols. How often would you, Candice, recommend for somebody to do this? Is it, I'm sure it's 
based on the person, but it any is. starting point of where we should, or maybe a ballpark or range that somebody should be considered to get the maximum benefits from this? Yeah, there's a lot of recommendations for this, but I think that what's unique about it is you have to match the patient to the right mindfulness or somatic intervention. So whatever you're doing, it you don't want to just do it one time and just be like, oh, that wasn't for me or I didn't feel anything. You need to try something probably three to four times just as a baseline. And I would try it over the course of a week and I would do maybe three to five days because I think saying to someone, hey, you have to do this seven days a week is going to be a barrier. Three to five days, but you want to do it, I would say three to five times a day just to get used to it. And then I think at the end of that first week, you'll really have a feel for, Mm -hmm. does this practice work for me? Is this something that feels like it's benefiting me? Because so often, just like the interventions that we do nutritionally, sleep, supplementation, Mm -hmm. patients over time will come back and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that this was moving the needle, but it is. This is similar in these practices. You're not always consciously aware of the impact they have until you do it over time. So I would say take a week, three to five times a day, three to five days a week, and check back in with yourself and see. And then if it if this is something that moves you, then you can do a deeper dive. There's so many podcasts. We have the Art of Being Well podcast that talk about somatic practicing. And there's all kinds of resources there. So it's there if you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had... Dr. Nicole LaPera, who actually wrote the forward to Gut Feelings, she's mm-hmm. the holistic psychologist on social media. She wrote the forward to the new book, but she's also in the podcast and gave us some tools there. What are some other episodes? Dr. Caroline Leaf has been on. Dr. Ellen Vora has been on. So many psychiatrists, therapists. Dr. Janine Kraft has been on. Yeah. Brilliant people. Dr. Laura Pence has been on. I mean, brilliant people. Go back and listen to those episodes, everybody, if you haven't. Yeah. yeah. And who you resonate with, go follow their content, their work, go grab yeah. their book. Yeah. Because over time, you're going to see these shifts and it's not, it's not immediate. It just mm-hmm. isn't. It takes time to find the things that fit for you because we're all so different. I love that. So yeah. we just went through the gut and the feelings, the physiological and the psychological for Epstein-Barr virus specifically, my friends. Shake it out. Shake it out, people. <laughs> Or box it out. I mean, either one. Yeah, boxing. We have Sugar Free Leonard. We have Rosie the Regulator. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just on a whim, guys. That was just came to us. That was just spur of the moment, rifting. (laughs) If you want to learn more, hey, but before we go, let me just say this. Listen, because right now I'm going to send it over to a conversation that I just had with a patient. We just recorded it. You're going to hear it right now and get the behind the scenes of somebody who's just lived out what we just talked about. She did it. She did it. And hear it from her. I haven't seen her in over two years. Like it's been a long time. So this is a patient that we just reach out. Hey, how have you been? Would you like to come and share your story? And that was us catching up in real time. You could hear it right now. She's brilliant. I love listening to these. These are I, so They're fun. so special. They're yeah. really special. Every time I'm running to the clinic afterwards, that was so beautiful because I'm catching up with someone I haven't seen in a while and you all get to hear on the podcast. So listen to the conversation with my patient right now. But of course, if you want to learn more about what we talked about in this conversation, protocols, the clinical work that we're doing, becoming a patient, pre-ordering gut feelings. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. So without further ado, here's a special conversation that I have with one of my patients. Jennifer, it has been too long. It's great to see you. Where have you been all my life? It's been, it's been, it's been a minute. 
It's because I've been well. <laughs> I haven't needed to come see you, which is that why is, it's been so long. That's right. That is a job well done. I totally, I'm excited because I feel like, okay, if I don't hear from somebody, it's because they're doing great. They know what to do. They're in a good place. They have an intuition of what works for them. And there's a confidence built. And man, I, I'm so proud of you. I'm, you're just, you've done amazing things. And I'm so glad to hear that you're continuing to do so great. Thank you. I mean, I couldn't have done it without you and your amazing team that you have. It's just, you guys supported me through the whole thing. And it just feels good to be on the upside now. That's right. And I, we hold these stories during these episodes because there's research to show that telling our story can metabolize trauma. Telling our stories can and can inspire hope in other people. Just even hearing someone else's story. I can't tell you how many people over these years I've been doing functional medicine, people think they're the only person like them, right? Their family and friends, as loving as they may be, they don't really understand what it takes to get through the day. So it can be very isolating, very lonely. And that's what these conversations are for, to really give hope to people that are struggling with getting to the other side of impossible, what seems to be impossible. So thank you for letting us go there with you and, and being transparent. So can you take me back to when, before we met, like what you were going through, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, just to set the stage with where we are at now? Yes. So I had had two children fairly close together. And ever since having my children, I knew that I just, I didn't quite bounce back the way that I knew I could. And I just was suffering from a lot of brain fog. I was consistently tired just most of the time. Like the most I could get is go to work and come home. And I didn't have a lot of energy for anything else. It was just, and I just had strange symptoms I kept having. I had digestive issues. I had really bad dry eyes. I had like zero libido. I just, it was just so much. My thyroid levels were off that I kept going to the doctor for these individual issues and just feeling in the midst of that, they're just, oh, you're fine. You know, mm -hmm. you're fine. Everything's fine. And I'm like, I know everything's not fine because mm -hmm. I feel so bad all the time. And it was emotional because on the outside, I looked fine, but on the inside, I knew that something was not right. And when I would go to the doctor, it would almost feel like I was written off. Like mm -hmm. I even had one doctor just tell me, oh, you're just depressed. You know, mm -hmm. that's just what's wrong. Like you're just depressed. And I was like, I, I understand that could be, but I, I'm not depressed. Like something physically is off in me that I need to address and just felt very unheard. And mm -hmm. I think that's pretty common for women. I would say, especially as a woman of color, you just tend to feel, especially in the medical world, like you get written off quite a bit. And so just feeling frustrated. So I just decided I was going to research as much as I can. And I went gluten-free before most people were going gluten-free when they just had like one type of bread that was completely awful, brown <laughs> rice bread. And my family was like, what are you eating? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm eating. <laughs> just trying to do it. But trying so many things just heal myself and just still stumbling through that process of trying to figure out how to get healed and stumbling through different doctors and just trying to seek a place to be heard. So it was really frustrating. It was really mm -hmm. a frustrating experience to not feel good every day and to not know why you don't feel good mm -hmm. and to not have any answers for how to feel better. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. So well said. And that almost that verbatim story I hear all the time is that this medical gaslighting goes on where you know intuitively something's off here. You're going to where you should be going to to get answers. And the overwhelming majority of our patients are completely compliant. They will do whatever the doctor tells them to do, but they're not even getting answers to do anything. They're told mm-hmm. they're just depressed. You know, that's sort of the blanket statement. And like you said, well, of course, if you're not feeling well, who wouldn't be a little depressed? That's obviously a part of it, but okay. that's the result of these issues oftentimes. So how did you find us? I never asked you this, but what, what, how did you find little old me <laughs> across the you country? Know. It was, I think it was just a godsend moment because I had tried a couple other holistic practitioners and I did not get quite what I was looking for. And my husband and I were driving home one day and I just happened to turn on a podcast that you were on. You were on Dr. Caroline Leaf's podcast and I'm like listening, but we were like talking at the same time. And then like, I was like, my husband, I was like, hold on, I got to listen to this guy. Like, I can't talk right now. Like, like we just got to <laughs> listen to him. And there was something about, I don't even remember what you were talking about, but it resonated with me so deeply. And I was like, I told my husband, I was like, I think, I think he can help me. Like what he's saying makes sense to me. And I don't even know exactly what it was, but I just felt this need of like, I think he can help. Like, I think that he has the answers. And so I called your office the next day and they were like, yeah, let's set up an appointment, just like a pre-appointment to see if we can help you. Let's talk about your symptoms. And then it was like, from there. So I heard about you from a podcast. That's right. Dr. Caroline Leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Caroline Leaf. Shout out to Caroline. She's been on the podcast. She's brilliant. And I love talking with her. She's a wealth of information. And I always like, I, I don't know if I've told you this before or not, but like we start our mornings off with a group prayer and meditation just to ground us for the day. We do case reviews right after that. But I truly believe personal, personally, that where the right people are sent us at the time in their life when they need it the most. And even conversations like that I'm having with on a podcast, I'm fully aware that it is going to bring hope to someone that needs it at that moment. And that's what this conversation is going to do for somebody else. So yeah. thank you so much for that. Were there any aha moments? I don't know if you remember that the time that we went over your labs together. I'm always curious in hindsight, like, what what's that like? I'm so used to talking about labs, but it's, were there any surprising moments for you in that visit? Oh, there were so many, like even in the course of our visits. And I think one thing for me that I did not realize was an issue for me was that when I was feeling so sick, part of what I was owning myself was like, I just can't hack it. Like I must not just like other women can like mother and work and do it. And I just used to say, well, I guess I just don't have it. Like I don't have that energy. I don't have it. And I was blaming myself. But when I was able to see the labs and to see the numbers and to see what was going on in my body, it was like, oh, it's not me. Like it's not Mm -hmm. just me not being able to kind of hack it at life. Like there was a lot of things kind of going on. And mm-hmm. I remember one lab in particular where we were talking about my hormone levels, which my doctor had tested my hormone levels and told me, yeah, there's something there, but it's not that bad. So don't mm-hmm. even like, it's not even something we need to address. Like it's not, yeah, they're out of range, but don't even worry about it was kind of the response I got. But when you guys looked at it, you were like, yeah, no, you're like your hormone levels are, but like a postmenopausal woman, like something's definitely happening there. And it just kind of helped me own what I was feeling inside to be like, I'm not crazy. 
It's not that I can't hack life. There's my body is doing the best it can right now. Mm. And, and so I feel like that in particular was really helpful. I mean, you guys run so many labs, you ran so many labs for me that I wouldn't even have known to run. And one of the things that we discovered when we were running labs was that there was mold in my house, which I would have never, there was no way for us to even, I was so shocked myself when you told me because it was during the pandemic and you had tested my levels. And then a couple months later, you tested it again because we were home all the time. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I think there's mold in your house. And sure enough, there was mold. And so it was I'm just thankful because even though it didn't seem to be affecting anyone else in the house and it was affecting me, we would have never known. There's no way we would have ever known. And so I feel like those moments of like serendipity, when you know, this is like where you're supposed to be. It was one of those moments for me. Cause I was like, it wasn't just about me getting healthy. It was about my family too. And us all being in a place where we live that's safe and healthy. And I would have never been able to discover that had we not had our labs. Wow. You know, I, I think about a few things there is that, A, you're bringing back my memory of, oh, wow, like I saw so many more during the pandemic, so many more mold cases because people were in one place. It was like the levels were a lot higher and more obvious and they weren't coming down because people were in that one space. And your case was one of those examples. People just were home a lot more. And I'm glad that we found that. And you're absolutely right that our patients are oftentimes the canary in the coal mine for their family is that they're the ones that are more sensitive, have different methylation or HLA gene variants that their response is a little bit more obvious in the here and now. But the reality is toxic mold isn't healthy for anybody and their kids or their spouse, partner may not be having symptoms right now. But down the line, I can't tell you how many people that I see 20, 30, 40 years down the line, that mold is not fully cleared out. And it's created this cascade of inflammation that you, by removing the source and getting it cleared out for your fa- not just for you, but for your family, it is a, this cascade of, of healing and yeah. uh, causing that. It's so, I, thank you for bringing that up. And I'm so glad that we found that. Me too. And I can't believe how much better I feel with, I think that I didn't even know how bad I felt till I started feeling better. And I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to think clearly again. Like, because it was so many years, you know, it had been 13 years about since I had felt that way. Wow. And that's another thing that I've, you're highlighting on these things that I hear. It's so astute of you to observe is that the it's relative, right? It's like when you go through years and years, you said 13 years of going through these issues, someone where we have people like quantify, like, what's your severity of brain fog or fatigue? They'll say, well, it's such and such number, but it's not until they get, don't have it anymore that they realize, whoa, I thought it was like five, but it really was like a 10 out of 10 because I didn't know I could feel this good. Was that the Uh. case for you? Yes, it was so true. Even the way that I could communicate, like, I I mean, this is really personal, but I feel like I need to share it is like, there were seasons where my husband and I would argue so much, like just, we could not communicate. I couldn't communicate well with him, like what I was feeling and what I was trying to say. And it's because I could not get my thoughts together. And it was like, when my thoughts were together and I was like clear, I was like, what was I arguing with him about? Like, what? I don't even know. And it was just because it was so normal and it was just like, I couldn't process. And Mm -hmm. it was just like so much tension 
but not because there was so much tension. It was just because I couldn't think. It yeah. was like I couldn't process, and then I couldn't get out what I was trying to to process. So it was just absolutely. I mean, brain fog, fatigue will make anyone feel irritable and frustrated, and obviously the impact that has on your hormones, like you mentioned, that and dysregulating someone's nervous system, making them feel hypervigilant and sort of wired and and exhausted at the same time. You're absolutely right. And many people, it's impacting their relationships and they don't even know. It's just, it's how they feel. Their resilience is just so decreased that it's impacting not only their relationships with themselves, but their family and friends too. Something Mm -hmm. you, you touched upon that's really important to me personally is, and we've had these conversations on the podcast, is people of color, specifically women of color, not being represented in wellness or not even knowing that wellness is for them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Just because I know so many people of color listen to the podcast that may still think the functional medicine isn't for them. Oh, yes. That's such a, a great point. I know for me, even going through functional medicine, my family, outside of my immediate family, they were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you spending all this money? Who are you going to see? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, why are you eating all these foods? Or why are you not eating all these foods? And just, I think from a cultural perspective, I know for me, it was very, like, just very different than what my family was used to and what the people around me were used to. And nobody in my family and nobody in my circles was talking about going to see a functional medicine doctor. And it was like, and especially in the Black community, going to see a doctor period is challenging because there's just so much history of being mistreated by the medical world that even encouraging people to just see a doctor is can be challenging to do, especially with the older generations. And so for me, functional medicine, that was like a whole nother step beyond, which is like, not only are you seeing a doctor, but you're seeing a different kind of doctor that's going to give you different information. And so I do think in the beginning, it was challenging for me because I did not see a lot of people like me in the wellness world, talking about it, talking about their symptoms, talking about illnesses, or even doctors talking about here, I can help you. And so it did feel a little bit like I was waiting in some unknown territories, but I just knew I had to do something different. I just knew something had to change and something had to be different. And I will tell you, I am like the biggest advocate for functional medicine. Like when I come across people, I'm like, that's great. You're getting that advice from your doctor, but I'm just letting you know, there is a different way. There's another way that you can take. And I know for me, one of the challenges within the community that I'm around was just financially investing mm-hmm. in functional health. And it was just seen like, like I know my dad, love my dad, but he was like, you have insurance, go see the doctor that is covered by your insurance. He's like, what, why would you make this other choice? And I just told him it's an investment. It, it's not an expense. It is an investment in the rest of my life for me to feel better because I can't pursue what I know I'm on this earth to do if I don't feel good. I can't Mm -hmm. care for my family. I can't love my husband the way I need to love him. I can't love myself the way I need to love myself if I feel like crap every day. Like Mm -hmm. I I can't do what I need to do. And so I need to invest in this to be able to do it. But I don't think it's something that's talked about Mm -hmm. in communities of color. I don't think it's something that's widely talked about. And it almost seems like it's inaccessible because it's not widely talked about. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I see it. I see it in conversations. I see it in response that I hear with the clinic. It is, we have so far to go with that because it should, it should be an everybody thing. It shouldn't just be a one type of person thing. And I, hopefully this conversation raises awareness that that's even an option for people and they can share this conversation with someone that they love. What I'm curious, what do your family and friends that maybe were like, what are you doing? What do they say now? So, so there's <laughs> a big joke in my family that I'm reverse aging. And so they're like, <laughs> like, so like I'm like, you guys, I'm reverse aging because they're like, you just keep getting younger. And I'm like, I know it's because I went to see this doctor and he helped me. And it's like this big thing. And so now they're total believers. Like I was eating so much greens and so much thing. And my dad was like, why are you doing this? And now he's like, okay, I can kind of see why you were doing this and why you weren't eating sugar and why you were doing this. And so they're definitely believers now on the flip side, took a couple of years to get there, (laughs) but on the flip side, because they see that I'm so much healthier, so much happier, I have so much energy that because they love me, they're so on board with that, right? Because they're like anything that's going to make you feel better is is what we're on board with. So they became believers. I love it. That's what I see from loved ones is like, you know, the most of them, of them, at least, like once they start seeing the person that they love come to life, it's like, who could be against that? They may not understand it, but they'll have a, they'll have a, okay, yeah, uh, that aha moment for themselves. And, and honestly, I see so many spouses and partners and parents and aunts and uncles and siblings end up becoming patients or getting labs because they saw like their loved one come to life and who wouldn't want that for themselves. So it's, we'll, yes. we, can, we can make healthy go viral, go get, get contagious. And it is. And even if they don't come and see us, it's just like, they may eat a food that they never would have eaten or do this thing for their wellness that they never would have done. Like you are basically, you're not preaching to them, but you're just living your life and they want to gravitate towards that light. Yes. And it's been so helpful. I have one of my best friends. She is also a woman of color, but she has struggled too in, with similar issues as I have. And the doctors were not sure what was going on and, and just a very similar situation. But when she started seeing me get healthy, she was like, what are you doing? Like, I need to know. And so she ended up going to see a functional medicine practitioner and she figured out she had Lyme disease and she had no wow. idea she had Lyme disease. And then from there, she discovered that three of her children had Lyme disease. And so even though they weren't exhibiting the symptoms yet, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I love her because it's so expensive to treat Mm -hmm. Lyme disease. But what she did was she got online and she started writing grants Mm -hmm. for herself and her family. And she was like, I got to get us healthy. And it's extremely expensive. She's a stay at home mom. Her, Her husband has his own business. And so she's been writing grants. And she uses the grant money to get the care that she needs. But I feel so inspired by her because I'm like, that's amazing. Like you're taking this, you're taking agency to do this on your own. And she is, she's doing it and it's great. Wow. That is amazing to hear. And I, I can't tell you how many people that I see that are up against these really heavy things. They're not affluent. They're not wealthy. They're just regular people, average Americans that their why is bigger than their excuses. Like they want to get it and nothing's going to stop them. And I love that. Thank you for sharing that. My Mm. friend, this is a great conversation. Great to catch up with you. It's been a while. It is. I know. I miss you and I miss everyone in your office so much. But I, like it's, 
I don't have yeah. a reason to keep. Yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> Except a check in. Every now and then we get a check in. Well, we, well, just come on the podcast whatever you want to. We'll do. We'll catch up oh. this way. <laughs> just gonna pop in. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Nice to see you. You too. It's been so amazing. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.